الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وكذلك جعلناكم أمة وسطا لتكونوا شهداء على الناس صدق الله العلي العظيم My dear respected, most honorable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu First of all we begin by thanking and glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique opportunity to congregate in his house to worship him to glorify him to send salutations upon his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallama and we pray that Allah azza wa jal will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future last week we spoke about uh, halloween and paganism today we're going to do something vastly different we can talk about the stories of the prophets qassasul anbiya and the examples uh, that we can take from them inspiration that we can take from the lives of the prophets specifically focusing on one prophet today i feel that there's a lot that we can learn from him allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we're heavily involved in this particular prophet and his nation's success on yawmul qiyamah we as a community and I'll tell you why. Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a hadith narrated by Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu ta'ala and the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam said and the translation of the hadith is this that Nuh alayhi salam the Prophet Nuh alayhi salam Noah and his nation and his qawm will come on the day of resurrection and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask Nuh alayhi salam, Did you convey your message? And he will, pry, he will reply, Yes, my Lord, I did. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask Nuh alayhi salam's qawm, his nation, his people, Did Nuh convey my message to you? And they will lie. They will reply, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no no prophet came to us this is not the believing I'm not talking about the believing uh, men and women who accepted Nuh alayhi salam we're talking about the qawm Nuh the qawm the people in Nuh alayhi, salam, uh, Nuh alayhi salam's time who disbelieved in him they will say no no prophet came to us then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask Nuh alayhi salam who will stand as a witness for you to show that you did actually convey my message to them? And he will reply, Nuh alayhi salam will reply, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and his followers will stand witness for me. So I the Prophet then said, So I and my followers will stand as a witness on that day for Nuh alayhi salam. 
that he indeed did convey his message, Allah's message to his people. And that is the interpretation. The Prophet said, that's the interpretation, the tafsir of the ayah of the Quran. And in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, Therefore, we have made you as a just and among the best nations that you may be nas, that you may be a witness over people. This is the interpretation of that ayah of the Quran that you, you, the best of people, you, me and you, that middle nation, that moderate nation, the best of people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to us as the best nation and we're going to be the witnesses over other nations and in particular Nuh alayhi salam and his people. In a hadith reported by Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas about our connection and how we benefit from Sayyidina Nuh alayhi salam, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas said, قال, that the Milky Way, Al Majarra, is one of the Babun Min Sama, it's one of the, the gateways to heaven, it's one of the gates of Jannah. And Qawsu Kuzah is the rainbow. And with regards to the rainbow, the Prophet said, that its protection and security from being destroyed by floods after the Prophet Nuh The rainbow that comes after rain, it gives our people, it gives people security. It gives people uh, the knowledge that they are safe from being uh, overcome by the rains and overcome by the floods. And this is security after the people of Nuh Throughout the ages, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent hundreds of thousands of prophets to the people. Hundreds of thousands of prophets. In order to guide mankind, in order to bring them back to the path and certainly when we look at the lives of each and every prophet, including the ones that are mentioned in the Qur'an, including the prominent rusul, the prominent messengers who came with a new sharia and new book, we see in their lives a courageous attitude, a deep desire to convey the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then patience and perseverance whilst conveying the divine message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you look at particularly the life of Prophet Nuh alayhi salam, there are many examples, many benefits that we can take from his beautiful story. And when I say his story, I mean the entire span of his life because it's one major story and it's a beautiful story it's an inspiring story at times it's quite a sad story too the period between 
Adam alayhi salam, the death of Adam alayhi salam, the passing of Adam alayhi salam, and the birth of Nuh alayhi salam, according to Genesis, Genesis 5, is 146 years. According to us, Nuh alayhi salam was born 126 years after the passing of Adam alayhi salam. Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhuma he narrates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that the period between Adam and Nuh alayhi salam was 10 centuries. And this is reported in Sahih al-Bukhari. So this hadith, although it, it doesn't contradict the uh, actual statement in, in Genesis 5. And the reason why I mention that is because the story of Nuh alayhi salam, it's, it's one that is not only told in the Islamic context. It isn't. In all three of the Abrahamic faiths, the Prophet Noah, the Prophet Nuh alayhi salam is a prominent figure coming many times in the books, the story of his struggle, the story of his ark, the story of the flood. It's mentioned. If you talk to a Christian, you talk to an adherent of the Jewish faith, they too will have something to say and lay claim to Nuh alayhi salam. But Nuh alayhi salam himself states that the Ummah Muhammad and his Ummah will on that day bear witness for me. Therefore, it's imperative that we know about this individual's life. It's imperative that we learn and take benefit from the way he lived his life. Now, just a quick background. In the time of Nuh alayhi salam, there's obviously a, there's a reason why a prophet has to be sent. Communities, aqwam, nations, they err, they forget. They deviate from the path that the previous prophet set them on. And there's a need to then bring them back to the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why a prophet is sent to guide them to throw out the fishing rod and reel them back in. So you can tell that after the passing of Adam alayhi salam, this is the father of mankind. People have only one understanding. Immediately people began to forget. People began to, uh, uh, to leave the religion that Adam alayhi salatu salam put them on. It's reported uh, uh, in many of the books of, of, of tarikh, in many of the tafasirs also, that the people, they, they had some genuinely good, noble individuals among them. And the names of them are given in the Qur'an. But in the Qur'an it's mentioned that they worshipped those individuals. Their names were Ya'uq, uh, Ya'uth, Suwa, Wad, Nasr. These individuals were noble people from among the community that Nuh came to. Now, after the passing of these noble, respected individuals, people began to, they wanted to do something to honor them. So, Shaitan put this idea into one of their minds. Go and tell them that if you want to honor these individuals, these 
noble people, then the best way for you to do that is to erect idols, right? In their image, so that you'll always remember them. Your children will remember them. Their children will remember them. They'll be able to see them, acknowledge them, and know what they have done for your community. And they thought that's a noble idea. We'll erect these idols of these individuals. But they didn't worship them. They still worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, over time, their children and their children, generations later, the message became distorted. And people began to forget. People began to deviate from the path. Suddenly, those idols then became I shouldn't say suddenly, well, it's a gradual process over time. Those idols began to be worshipped. They were represented as gods in the uh, site or in the community of Nuh salam. Now, that's when Nuh salam was sent to the people. Nuh salam was sent to them to guide them back to the past, to guide them back to the worship of the one true God to teach them the Tawheed, to teach them the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Nuh alayhi salam was sent to them with that sole intention, with that sole purpose. And that was the environment at the time. Nuh alayhi salam was the only individual intellectual enough to not get caught up in this whirlpool of man's destruction caused by polytheism, caused by worship of many other idols deviating from the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His purpose was to guide those people back to the path. That was the mission that he was given. Now Nuh alayhi salam was an excellent speaker. Ibn Abbas mentions this uh, in, in, in his tafsir of the ayat of the Quran. Aside or as well as being an excellent speaker, he was a patient man, incredibly patient. And we learn just how patient he was. He pointed out to the people the mysteries of life. He told them, you know, in order for you to, you know, the prophets, they didn't just come to the people. The Prophet ﷺ didn't just magically appear on Mount Safa and say, gather around everybody, gather around. If I was to tell you that there's an army coming to attack you behind this mountain, would you believe me? They're going to say, who are you? Where did you come from? We don't know who you are. It took a gradual process, didn't it? The Prophet ﷺ spent 40 years in their company. That's the reason why they said, of course, anta sadiq wal amin. You're the most truthful and trustworthy from among us all. If you tell us that there's an army behind that mountain ready to attack us, we have no reason but to believe you. Of course we're going to believe you. In exactly the same way, Nuh spent time in their company. They knew him to be an intellectual individual. They knew him to be an open individual, someone who was extremely intelligent. And they respected him. They had a deep, profound respect for Nuh alayhi salam. But as soon as the revelation to Nuh alayhi salam was revealed and he began to preach the word of Allah, 
He began to invite them to Allah, to the worship of Allah. Immediately they washed their hands of, them, of him. Immediately they, had, they didn't want to have anything to do with him. When the Prophet sallallahu it reminds you of the, 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 uh, the stance of the Prophet or the stance of the Quraysh when it came to the Prophet sallallahu on Mount Safa, doesn't it? That they said, you're the most truthful and trustworthy from among us all. We'll, of course we'll believe you. And when the Prophet sallallahu uh, invites them to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they leave their gods. What did Abu Lahab say? Tabbannak. What's wrong with you? May you perish. Is this why you have gathered, 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 uh, gathered us here today? Is this why we're here? And immediately they disbelieved in the Prophet wasallam. They rejected him. That's exactly the same thing that happened to Nuh salam. But to Nuh salam, it was on a larger scale. On a larger scale. Nuh salam went to the leaders. He went to the people. He went to the marketplaces. He preached everywhere. He preached wherever he could. He explored every single avenue in order to get them to, to, to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They never did. A handful of them remained with Nuh alayhi salam. Some ahadith report that in 950 years of preaching, Nuh alayhi salam preached for 950 years. In 950 years of preaching, some hadith report that only 10 people accepted the message of Nuh alayhi salam. Other hadith mention that number goes up to a maximum of 80, no more than that. Even if it's 80, 80 people in 950 years accepted the message. Now, look, we're not talking about an individual who is working as a prophet part-time. So he just does that for a couple of hours a day and then he goes about his usual business. We're talking about a man whose sole mission it was 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Every single day throughout those 950 years, the only thing that was on Nuh salam's mind was to return the people back to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's it. And yet, only 80 people accepted the message. Nuh salam's hope never faded. His desire to preach to them, his desire to change them was unrelenting. His passion was unrelenting. It never ceased. You would think, you know, the first hundred years perhaps he was really strong, or the first four, five hundred years he was really adamant and he's really passionate. And then towards the end he didn't care. No, this is a prophet of Allah. His sole mission was to turn these people back to the worship of the divine creator by any means necessary like i said he did whatever it took he went to the marketplaces he met their leaders he met and the only individuals who accepted his message were a few uh, you know individuals who, who who were very poor 
who didn't have much status in, in, in the society or in the community of Nuh they were the only ones who accept, accepted his message and they supported Nuh eventually there came a point when and the, again some of the reasons that are given we find the same thing existing in, uh, with, the, with the Quraysh you know, for them, they worship these, these idols. And these idols, again, like I mentioned, Ya'uth and Ya'uq, Nasr, they were, they, they were also worshipped by the Quraysh, by the Arabs. These same idols were, were reinstated and worshipped by them. The Quran mentions that one of the very first things that the community of Nuh, Nuh, Nuh said to Nuh salam, is that why should we worship you? You're a man like us. There's nothing special about you. You're not an angel fallen from the sky. You were born. You're one of us. Why should we worship you? That's exactly the same thing that the people of, of the Quran said to the Prophet ﷺ. You're one of us. You're a human being. Why? Why should we worship you? No angels come to us with the book. It's a man, an individual among us. One of our brethren who's come to us. What's so special about you? Each and every prophet had to face that kind of uh, discrimination uh, among his, his people. Yet Nuh's faith was, was unwavering. He still tried to preach to them. Eventually there came a point in time when after that long period of 950 years uh, and only a handful of believers believed in him uh, and worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the Quran reports that he invoked his Lord indeed I am overpowered so help me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then ordered Nuh salam with that famous story that all of us are aware of that he began he was ordered in the middle of the desert not anywhere near the banks of a river or the seaside Right? In the middle of a desert, he was ordered to build an ark, a massive ark, a massive boat. And he began uh, steadily building it. It's reported in many of the books of, uh, of, of tafsir that it took him many years, some report decades even, for him to build that, that ark. It was massive. And he was a lone man. Nobody to help him. In fact, those individuals, instead of helping him, they mocked him, they ridiculed him. Saying, <laughs> look at Nuh alayhi salam. First he was telling us for hundreds and hundreds of years to worship this one God and now he's gone mad. He's gone insane. Which was exactly the same thing that the people of the Quraysh who disbelieved in the Prophet sallallahu alayhi the kuffar, they said about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi that he's majnoon. He's a madman to draw people away from him. Nuh was ridiculed and mocked by his qawm in exactly the same way. He's mad. Now is a perfect excuse to tell, for us to tell people to stay away from him. Say, look, what would you say about a man who in the middle of a desert, when there's no water for miles, begins building an ark? And Nuh again remained patient. He didn't respond to, to their mockery or their mocking. He didn't retaliate by using his words. He's an intellectual man. He was extremely well-spoken. He could have retaliated. He could have spoken back and said, what's wrong with you? Who do you think you are? We'll see what happens to you. He could have said anything, but he never did. 
He remained patient. He, he persevered. You know why? Because he knew what his mission was. He knew. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had told him, this is your mission. And the, he was a prophet of Allah. He was sincere and dedicated in completing the message of Allah. And then we, we know of the story when the floods came. When the floods came, uh, the Quran reports that the heavens opened up. It wasn't just that the sea level began to rise. The sea level began to rise and the heavens opened up and f water came pouring in until they met with the floods. Uh, until they met with the water level rising from the seas. And six months, Nuh his, uh, his handful of followers and one uh, a pairing of each and every creature that Nuh had to gather and place in that ark, remain in that ark for six months, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until uh, the waters dissipated and they landed and their community was created. He's, this, this is why he is known as the second Adam, Nuh alayhi salam, because the community began again. The world began anew with that community of Nuh alayhi salam. In fact, Ibn Abbas reports that the mukhtaliful alwan, that the different colors that we are today, some of us are, are darker, some of us are lighter. We have so many different colors. Uh, they came from the children of Nuh salam, and he reports which children, uh, which child of Nuh salam was a particular color and from his descendants uh, came those individuals. But that's a long story. I just want to go through very quickly some of the benefits that we can take from the life of Sayyidina Nuh salam. When we ponder over his story, there are so many lessons and just to mention a few that we can take from him. The first thing is patience, wisdom, because you know the, the patient individuals who persevere, they're extremely wise. A wise man or a wise woman is a patient uh, or a persevering man or, or woman. When showing people the correct way, be patient. When teaching them about the right thing, be patient. You see, when you're teaching your children about Islam and they're still deviating from the path, and they're not listening to you. Don't get impatient with them. And break away from the shackles of the sunnah that you feel are shackles of the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, which beautifies your character. And instead, you know, approach them in, in a manner that is not dignified. They're not going to be responsive to that. They're going to move away from it. Be dignified in the way you approach people. And even if you approach someone in the correct way, with patience, with, with hikmah, this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that invite people to your Lord with wisdom and gentle preaching, soft preaching, using soft tones. Uh, the second example that we can learn, benefit that we can take from the life of Nuh alayhi salam, is that whenever you're given a task, whenever you're given a task and you have a task to do, then do it to the best of your ability. Nuh salam, he had a task, he had a mission, and he performed it admirably to the best of his ability when it was preaching to the people. For 950 years, he continued to do that. When it came to uh, building the ark, he was dedicated. He never allowed anything to get in his way to stop him. 
even when people were mocking him, people were ridiculing him, he still didn't stop and think to himself, what am I doing? No, he had a mission, he stuck to it, and he was dedicated. This is why the Prophet said to his qawm, said to you and I, when you do a task, do it well. When you do something, do it well. So it's important that you do that. And know that when something, and even when you're persevering and when you're patient and it doesn't go your way, don't lose hope. Don't despair. Did Nuh ever despair? When hundreds of years he was preaching and nobody was accepting his message, did he turn around and say, oh Allah, and he complained to Allah and say, why? I've been doing this for so long. None of them are, are coming back to the, to, the, to, to the correct path. No. Never despair. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows your struggle. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with you in your struggle. That's the thing that we often forget. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there. He's with us. His help and his support is with us when we're doing the right thing. When in distress, like Nuh alayhi salam, when in, in distress, call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can rely on Allah, Allah azza wa jal. Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one entity that you can rely on. And always know that because we forget that we can rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then we can learn from the example of the actual uh, ark when the, before the floods came. And Nuh alayhi salam, he desperately wanted his son and his family to board the ark with him. And they didn't. Uh, and his son perished. You can be, you know, we, we look at people today. I remember I was talking to someone and he said, well, you know, that... This, and he was talking about this particular child. This is that particular child. You know, he's the son of this man. And that man was so great. And look how the child is. He's, you know, dishonoring his, his father. And I thought to myself, you know, the, the, the prophets of Allah had children. Noah is a prime example. Who were among the, the disbelievers. Right? That's no stain on Nuh alayhi salam. It just goes to show the character of Nuh alayhi salam. That he, he, despite that, despite the fact that his child disbelieved, despite the fact that he wanted him so desperately to accept the message, this was his flesh and blood, and he didn't. He didn't. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never left his side. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's support never left Nuh alayhi salam. And Nuh alayhi salam, why? Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala support never leave Nuh alayhi salam? Because he was patient. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. He was patient. He persevered. And this is something that we, we've lost. The smallest of things happen to us. Smallest of things. Right? We get a prick on our foot. Or we're driving and somebody cuts our path and we're quick to react we're quick to respond in a negative way anything the smallest of things that type of patience I'm not talking about patience upon hardship because Nuh alayhi salam suffered that for 950 years every prophet had to go through patience upon hardship what about patience about the small things 
What about when you know you come back from work and the food you expect it to be served to you at a particular time and it's five or ten minutes late? What about that patience? The small things. Are you patient? That's fine, no problem. Ten minutes, okay. Gives me extra ten minutes to do the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do we think like that? No. What about that patience? Patience when we're waiting in, in traffic. That patience. The small things. That's what we're lacking. If you can have patience over those small things, by Allah, when the large things, when the major things happen to you, automatically patience uh, upon hardship and on suffering that will come. That will seep into your heart. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's support will never leave you just like the support uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to Nuh alayhi salam. Uh, indeed, we belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to Him we shall return. Uh, we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enables each and every one of us to, to strive in His path, to work hard and be unrelenting in supporting the mission of the Prophet by being the best versions of ourselves that we can be in order to inspire uh, our communities and inspire uh, the people around us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us into perfect embodiments of the sunnah of the Prophet